listener production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 12th of April. The Prime Minister says he won't commit to setting any new targets for the rollout of our COVID vaccination program after the renewed medical warnings over the AstraZeneca jab. Scott Morrison made the announcement via Facebook last night, conceding it's not possible to know if every Australian will have their shot by the end of the year. This follows last week's revised advice that under 50s receive the Pfizer vaccine and not the AstraZeneca jab, following a possible link between that vaccine and rare blood clots. Shadow Health Minister Mark Butler has told the ABC we are falling behind the rest of the world when it comes to our vaccine rollouts. The other point I've been making is that that against the Prime Minister's advice that this is somehow not a race, we think there is a time imperative here. It's important that we get the current generation of vaccines into people's arms so that we're ready for potential booster shots as early as later, later this year to deal with the variants mm. or the mutations that are spreading all around the world. Meantime, the federal government has assured GPs they won't face legal ramifications if they give the AstraZeneca jab. The AMA had raised concerns doctors could be liable over possible side effects, but Health Minister Greg Hunt says GPs are protected. Australia already has vaccine indemnity agreements in place. No doctor need worry. To other news now, and at least one person has died and widespread damage has been caused as Cyclone Sorosha hits WA. The Category 3 storm made landfall near Geraldton with winds of up to 170 kilometres an hour. Here's WA Police Commissioner Chris Dawson. In these red alert areas, you cannot move. Do not leave your buildings, do not drive your vehicles, do not operate your businesses. The cyclone has now been downgraded to a Category 2 system. The Transport Workers Union's federal court case against Qantas starts today. The TWU has launched action against the airline, which last year announced 2,000 workers would have their roles outsourced. TWU National Secretary Michael Kane says those affected include ground crews, baggage handlers and cabin cleaners and believes it violates the Fair Work Act. These are the people that push back your plane, clean the plane and make sure that the cabin is presented well and is hygienic for you. These are crew critical workers and in Qantas they've helped build this airline to the brilliant reputation it has around the globe. And Prince Andrew is the latest royal to pay tribute to Prince Philip, saying the loss of his father has left a huge void for the Queen. Prince Philip passed away on Friday night our time, aged 99. The 61-year-old telling the BBC his father was a remarkable man with a calming presence, calling the Queen an incredibly stoic person. She described it as, as, as having left a huge void um, in her life. Um, but we, um, the family, the ones that are, that are, that are closer, are, are rallying around to make sure that, that uh, we're there um, to support her. It's the first time Prince Andrew has spoken publicly since a controversial interview went to air in 2019. The Duke of York forced to step down from official duties after his association with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Monday morning and we start in New South Wales. 
And the rape trial of NRL player Jack DeBellin is set to begin this morning. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. That's right, Tash. NRL player Jack DeBellin's trial is due to begin in Sydney this morning. He and friend Callan Sinclair are defending five charges of aggravated sexual assault, accused of raping a teenage girl in Wollongong in 2018. The trial for the 30-year-old Dragons player is expected to last three weeks and begins at Sydney's Downing Centre Court this morning. He remains sidelined for St George Illawarra under the NRL's no-fault stand-down rule, with the trial expected to last three weeks. Staying in New South Wales, an original mayor has been flown to Sydney in a critical condition. The 40-year-old mayor from Dubbo in Central West New South Wales has undergone emergency surgery after his condition suddenly worsened. Our reporter, Romy Stevens has more. That's right, Tash. A spokesperson for Ben Shields says his condition suddenly declined, prompting doctors to fly him to Sydney's RPA Hospital for emergency surgery last Friday. Now, not much is known about what actually happened to the Dubbo mayor. However, on the day he was found unresponsive, six councillors had earlier called on him to step down amid bullying accusations. The local state MP is now calling for an independent inquiry, while councillors are holding a special meeting tonight. And a reminder, the number for Lifeline is 131114. And to Victoria, a growing number of schools and sporting clubs are flying rainbow flags in a bid to be more inclusive, as well as forming non-gendered sports teams. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Yeah, well, it's just one piece of the puzzle, Tash. Schools and clubs are also starting to convert their bathrooms to unisex. The Speaking Up Speaks Volumes campaign leans on material from Proud to Play and also Vic Health around strategies allowing people to play according to their gender identity. The material also suggests avoiding gendered terms such as husband and girlfriend instead of the non-gendered partner and mum and dad rather than parent. People are also encouraged to ask others what pronouns they prefer to use. Supporters say gender-specific language terms are not being banned, but it's just a proactive program to promote more inclusive language. After the latest in business and finance news this morning, we are joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. US stocks in record territory and locally we've hit 12-month highs, but a tax threat for share players looms. That's right. US stocks last week spiked new That's right. US stocks last week spiked new highs as big fund managers ignored threats of higher interest rates, excessive stock prices for tech companies, and the problems of new strains of the coronavirus in the US, Europe, and South America. But surprisingly, President Biden's proposal to raise the company tax rate from 21% to 28% and his push to gain support for a global minimum tax rate represents a new threat to the very positive stock markets out there. And while this is mainly a US problem, as many doubt world governments would accept a global minimum company tax rate, if Wall Street gets spooked, our markets will get the jitters and sell off too. And around 2.2 million workers, uh, Peter, in coronavirus-infected businesses again are set to face another year of no pay rises. That's right. The Australian newspaper says low-paid workers in COVID-stressed industries could be hit by a second year of delayed minimum wage increases as the Fair Work Commission examines whether to again stagger pay rises for 2.2 million workers across the next financial year. Employers in virus-crushed businesses are asking the Commission to either impose a 12-month minimum wage freeze or delay pay increases in industries adversely impacted by the virus for up to seven 
seven months. Why seven months? That's the time when the high level of vaccinations should create more travel and hospitality demand, as well as more normal business conditions. In contrast, unions want a 3.5% minimum pay rise for all low-paid workers. And the corporate watchdog will soon give advice, Peter, on how companies can fight short sellers who try to smash their share price. That's right. The Australian Securities Investment Commission is expected to tell listed company directors that they should respond to short-selling attacks in detail and not merely dismiss them as false or attempts at market manipulation. Earlier this year, a US-based hedge fund put out a damning report on a local company, Tyro, which saw its share price smashed after the media released the report to the stock market on Friday. However, after the CEO of Tyro outlined 10 mistakes in the report on the next Tuesday, the share price gradually rebounded, but many panicking shareholders sold out of Tyro at a loss. And because the short seller was overseas-based, it could not be taken to court. ASIC should get media outlets to allow companies to respond to neither reports at the same time as the bad news is released to the market. However, ASIC can't boss around newspapers. <laughs> Indeed. Peter, thank you very much. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Some awkward conversations around Cronulla this morning after reports the coach will be replaced this year. Yes, good morning, Tash. This is the big story over the weekend that dropped that they've basically signed Craig Fitzgibbon, the highly rated assistant from the Roosters, to become their coach for next year, signing a three-year deal. Now, obviously, we're still early days in this season. John Morris took over a really tough task there with Shane Flanagan departing at the Sharks, got them into the finals a couple of seasons in a row. So this this is a, a big shock, but there has been a lot of talk about uh, his future for some time. So they will hold a meeting today with his agent. We'll find out more about that. Their playmaker, Sean Johnson, told Fox Sports last night that he hopes that Morris doesn't end up going. I don't know how you can have a coach that's been thrown at the, in the deep end right from the start, take over a difficult situation with Flanagan leaving, got after it, taken a side to the finals the last couple of years and then find himself in the position that he's in right now. It's yeah, certainly disappointing. In terms of the matches uh, last night, the Dragons, how about their form at the moment? Vaulting into the top four, they beat the Eels who were previously unbeaten 26-12, to so they now replace them in the top four. Uh, things didn't quite go to plan at Leichhardt Oval, though yesterday a match to honour the life of Tommy Radonikus, a Western Suburbs legend of course well that first half was uh, anything but in the spirit of uh, Tommy as they were really um, getting thrashed by the Cowboys who were without a win leading into this match now they did fight back after half time almost uh, pulled off a comeback but uh, fell short 34 points to 30 their coach Michael Maguire uh, understands why the fans were a little bit upset fans are they're riding this with us you know it was a special day today and I understand that and the players understand that so yeah, it was tough to take Yep, so those are some of the results from uh, yesterday and, and a bit to talk about today with Cronulla as well. Yeah, and talking about the results, uh, some good news for the long-suffering Demons fans in the AFL. Finally, some may have a reason for hope. Yes, absolutely, and, and probably not a lot of people saw this coming this year. The Demons had made a prelim final under Simon Goodwin a couple of years ago, but the last two seasons have been out of the finals. He entered the season under all sorts of pressure. Well, they are still unbeaten after uh, four rounds and knocked off a premiership contender yesterday in the Cats. 
best start to a season in 27 years, and they did so without one of their key players for basically uh, the best part of two and a half quarters in Stephen May, their key defender, came off with a nasty eye injury. He ended the game in hospital. They do expect he will miss a few weeks, but that doesn't take the shine off uh, their great win yesterday, Melbourne, over the Cats by 25 points. The first time for a long time, I heard the MCC and the supporters that came today, their voice, they were getting inspired on the back of our effort and our pressure and our tackling and our will to do the hard things without the ball. It was great to hear our supporters back at the foot enjoying themselves. In the match out west last night, the Dockers beat the Hawks by 15 points. Frio superstar Nat Fife actually returned to the field after the match to practice his goal kicking. He kicked six straight behinds. And just some news out of the Bulldogs' win over the Lions. Uh, their star running defender Caleb Daniel has been offered a one-match ban for a dangerous tackle on Lions small forward Tom Berry. So we'll wait to find out if he challenges that at the tribunal today. And Brett, to the golf now. The final round of the Masters is underway this morning. How's our leading Aussie going? Yeah, that's Mark Leishman uh, starting the day at seven under par. We are just underway at Augusta National and the Victorian is through three holes. Unfortunately, he has dropped a shot. So he bogeyed his first hole. He's now at six under par. He is five shots behind the leader from Japan, Hideki Matsuyama, who is bidding to become uh, the first Japanese golfer to wear the green jacket at Augusta National. Uh, Cameron Smith is making a late charge as well. The Queenslander, two under in this round, three under overall. But he's a long way off actually winning, but um, certainly recovered from from a disappointing first round. So that is live this morning. The Masters at Augusta uh, Augusta National. A lot of golf fans waking up early to watch that. Indeed. Brett, another massive weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Monday morning. Brisbane, sunny 24 today. Sydney, sunny 21. Shower or two on the way for Melbourne, just 17 degrees. Chilly start to the day also for Canberra with morning frost and a top of 17. Hobart, few showers on the way, 16. Mostly sunny and 22 for Adelaide. The rain easing in Perth today, 22 the expected top and partly cloudy and 33 for Darwin. an extraordinary discovery in Egypt, archaeologists uncovering the remains of an ancient city believed to be more than 3,000 years old. The Lost Golden City is the most important archaeological discovery since the tomb of Tutankhamun. Foreign mission teams had been searching for the city for many years, but a new dig started last year, and after seven months of excavation, the largest ancient city ever found in Egypt near the Valley of Kings was finally uncovered. Experts were amazed by the excellent condition of the large site and its many contents, including complete rooms, ancient tools, bricks and jewellery, giving a very rare glimpse into ancient Egyptian life at a time when the empire was at its wealthiest. The team says they also expect to uncover more important finds, including untouched tombs filled with treasures. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.